0: That's called Afro Blue, and composed by Mongo Santa Maria, a very uh, extraordinary percussionist, along with partner in crime, Poncho Sanchez. And uh, Conga Blue came out of their collaboration. Uh, this was recorded, written and recorded by Santa Maria in 19... 19- Sixty-three. The song was actually written by Oscar Brown Jr. and first recorded by Santa Maria. See, it, you know, music gives us so many lessons and we, we don't pay heed to them. And that is that musicians have an extraordinary way of cross-pollinating with each other. And uh, they don't have time for all the, the silliness that separates people. They try to find ways to get together and make literally beautiful music. This is Lead Stories. I'm Retriece Lead. And I wanted to get to uh, an aspect of the current situation, Um. Although I did not yet get to it, but I want to get to it before it slips my mind. And I would have to ask you to do some heavy lifting, too, to tell us whether you have noticed something quite interesting. It's been there for quite a while, and it popped up again. In, uh, we saw it quite vividly in the protests uh, centered around women's reproductive rights, as relates to the pending Roe versus Wade uh, decision in the U.S. Supreme Court. So I'll ask you. Has it occurred to you that there's something very interesting so far in this demonstration that has been there a long, a long time? Have you noticed it? Give me a call and let me know. 888-874-4888. Of course, the tempers have flared. Protests are going on. And there's a lot of fallout from this uh, supposed uh, peep at the writings of the US Supreme Court with regard to how the court feels, and certainly how the leading justices of the court feel about Roe v. Wade, Uh, the prediction is that uh, they will stand by the original Roe v. Wade but another faction says it is about to be challenged and overturned that aside, that aside, what have you noticed? Let's see if you're paying attention. Eight 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 seven four four eight 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 is a number to call. Let's hear what you have to say, whether you have, Uh, noticed something rather interesting about this current struggle Uh, and uh, much ballyhoo about it. And nothing is being said about what is staring us in the face. It stared you in your face. What do you have to say? 888-874-4888. Eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. You see, after a while, things get down to the nitty gritty. It does not matter what people present as an analysis of where we are. It also must include. Some side issues. We think that these are side issues, and they're very inconvenient. And they become more and more inconvenient because they become more and more contradictory to the professed purpose of many movements. Eight 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 seven four. 4888, who is going to land us spot on the dot today? Who's going to do that? What have you noticed that should uh, frame your perspective on this whole question about this movement? Eight 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 seven four four eight. You see, I don't pay attention to all the stuff that's said. I look very carefully at its intrinsic parts. That's where I go. To understand a movement or cause or anything like that, I go to the necessary components that tell me, no matter what is being said, no matter what is being projected. It tells me who these folks are. And so I am not easily misled. And I don't have to wait for people to tell me who they are or to tell me what the issue is as they see it or to tell me, the struggle I ought to be in. I have a different way. It has always worked. It has never failed. And I suspect many of you have the same attitude. But you look at the television reports, you listen to the radio reports, you listen to the coverage of this latest movement, and uh, what do you see? What conclusion do you come to? Let us know at eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. If I don't hear from you soon enough, we'll move on. <laughs> You see, I'm not playing. <laughs> I, I'm not playing at all. Uh, like the old song says, is you is or is you ain't my baby. That's where I am. With all these different developments and, and factions developing and fights. Being waged. I set all of that aside. And I look at some intrinsic issues. That have remained remarkably the same over several decades. And it tells me. Your decision was right. Just stay out of it. Stay out of it. Why is that decision for me? Why is that decision a good decision? Could you tell me? 888-874-4888. lots of talk, lots of coverage, lots of explanations and so forth. And I I can't deny the validity of these these, uh, items that they're raising. I just am not quite interested. Why? Why? Is it because I'm a curmudgeon? Or I don't get it? Or I do not understand the complexities of life? I'm just plain disheartened and dejected I listen to the radio every now and then if I'm in the vicinity of a television set that is broadcasting the news about this event I listen for a while it's the same story and I walk away. Why? Why do you think 888 874 I'm getting ready to pack up my traps and move on. So if you have something to say, this would be the time to get to the phone and make your call. <laughs> I know, people are wondering now what? What is this big mystery? It is not a mystery at all. It's right there staring you in the face. It's not a mystery. But I, for one, I am not going to be seduced into thinking this is my fight. And there's a reason. So I'll move on. And the reason is very clear. In 2022, having been in existence for several decades now, as a struggle, as a fight, as a uh, an insistence on creating change in this country specifically for women and more generally for families. I have gotten the message and I I find it very explicit. And so I comply. I'm not generally a compliant person, but in this, regard I am because this movement does not recognize me and people like me, women like me families like mine this essentially has come across intentionally as being a white woman's movement and not even all white women but upper class white women this is not even a fight for average white women there is a group of women in this country who have assigned themselves to ownership of these kinds of struggles. They are the ones behind the vision for such a movement and what they should engage in next and what the issues are similar to this Roe v. Wade. I dare you When you look at the television set or you listen to reports involving spokeswomen for this organization, you hear anything close to a voice of color. They're not there. Not in the framing of the issues, not in the specification of the fight, and not in the fight itself. They are on the periphery, if that. White women have decided, we own this. And as we see the issues, so are they, the issues. I have no time for that. Everyone who is presented to the public as a policy maker or an influencer in the... Crafting of policy. I have seen no people of color, no women of color. Apparently, they don't exist. And I am called upon to lean on my so called progressive credentials whatever those are, and accept this leadership, this apartheid leadership. I'm supposed to accept that. I'm supposed to have faith in that leadership and in that organization. I say no. No. No, thank you. I was raised right. No, thank you and you're not going to razzle-dazzle, and you're not going to persuade me that you are fighting for my interests and the interests of women like me. I have no use for you. Although you clearly have uses for me and people like me. in all of this discussion about the politics of it, whose interests are being represented here and who is making the policy and who is pushing what format and so forth. I have not seen women of color. Apparently they don't exist. In every interview that I have, Watched and listened to, no voices of women of color. They just don't seem capable of analyzing things, they don't have leadership ability. And if that is the position of a leading women's organization and representative of their notions of power, thank you. But the answer is I could live without it. I have my own. Far more effective. I... Analyze better than anybody I have seen from these organizations. I'm not afraid of black communities and Latino communities and Asian communities. I don't see them as a threat to me. I don't see myself as having the, the kind of what, ownership of the knowledge of how you properly serve these communities. But I tell you what, you're not going to fool me and you're not going to play with me. It's just not going to do that. I won't allow it. And I hope that people of color, women of color, wake up. you have a mouth, you have a brain, you have eyes that you could see. You can determine your own destiny, and you must. That is your assignment. And until then, I would encourage the women's movement centered around reproductive rights and women's rights as they define them to kindly leave me alone. We take this break and come back to our program in earnest right after this. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.fm. I'm Beatrice Lead, your very very grateful host grateful that you're joining me and you lend a certain authority to this program
1: Vincent from New Jersey let's hear from you what have you to say Uh, uh, Hi uh, Professor Lee let me uh, go to another location I have the volume up too loud let me go to another one okay okay uh, Professor Leeds, um, it's, it's just wonder, your treat, you know, of course. just fine. Okay, well, I didn't want to get too familiar with you. I'm of that uh, <laughs> background. Know? No, you're, you're,
0: you're good. You're
1: good. You're good. Okay. Well, um, I was listening. I, I was listening. I didn't want to just wait in because I didn't think that I had, you know, much authority in the area. However, when you started to speak more about it, Pretty much knew that I was on the right track in terms of this uh, movement, as you described it, uh, of the uh, women's organization, namely, I guess, the uh, Women's Right to Choose uh, with regard to uh, abortion rights. Uh, I, of course, take the position that um, when it comes to the current movement and what's going on now with the Supreme court, you know, considering or, or have made a decision that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. That if you look at the, um, the fact that the ERA amendment for all of these decades has never been passed. And it has to be, I believe uh, be the fact that those women at the top or the uh, social Economic, um, you know, status level that are consider themselves leaders in the community don't really want this—the privileges or rights granted to every woman, and especially not uh, to include, as they describe now, women of color, black women, Spanish-speaking, you know, Latino or, or Asian women to to sit on that perch with them. Ever since uh, I think that after uh, Barack Obama uh, defeated uh, Hillary Clinton uh, for the uh, nomination and then became the president, I believe that there's a certain segment of the uh, women's movement, the white women in particular, that felt that it was their turn to take over and not to you know be uh, supplanted by uh, you know some infidels such as Barack Obama to take their space where they felt was rightfully theirs. Uh, So uh, I believe that there's a reason why of course uh, they're uh, pushing for certain things but their agenda is not necessarily ours meaning our women's agenda uh, but they would rather use our women to get to the place that they want to go to and if you look at Um, Ida B. Wells if you look at uh, Sojourner Truth those I believe are examples of uh, you know how our women in particular and of course by virtue of their their rights and privileges our families um, you know limited you know in the way that they've been or destroyed in the way that they've been is you know just to use us when I say us, I'm not female, of course, but to use our women to get what they want, you
0: know. Well, I think I think you're on course. I think you're on point with with your observation. Uh, of course, they will disagree and say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, <laughs> I didn't call you, and you didn't call me prior to the program. You're saying exactly what I see and experience and have experienced for years now. This is not just last week or yesterday. You know, this has been ongoing, and I think we need to have a, a, a serious discussion about whether this organization values the input or just values across the board the the uh, the contributions that people of color, women of color especially, could make in determining their own agendas and how they can assist in doing that. I think you're right on the point when you say that you too have noticed that the there seems to be a feeling that they just can't allow that because they don't feel that women of color have, you know, what it takes to advocate for themselves, uh, that they are the ones in charge and it all goes through them. And I think it, it's, it's time to confront it and thank you Absolutely. for putting us, yeah. putting us back on track. Oh, thank Thank you. you.
1: Yeah.
0: You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Jackie, you're on the line. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm okay. How are you? Good. I thank
2: you for this point, that you're raising. Uh, Well, I thank you for your show, but this particular point is a very um, serious point to me as a woman as an African American woman, as a senior citizen, and as a woman who is educated, who has battled so many issues down through the years. Okay. Uh, first of all, the earlier caller, he pointed up some things that I was going to mention, uh, within our own history of our own communities. We have so many women who have fought uh, for equality within and without our own community. He mentioned Ida B. Wells, who uh, started the tracking of lynching, and, of course, Sojourner Truth, who's one of my heroines. And she actually stood up and made that speech, Ain't I a Woman? Now, we know that, uh, I believe her name was Margaret Sanger, the one who was uh, yes, white woman's movement for birth control and and gynecological health and all that for white women. But uh, as with everything else in this country, especially dealing with health care, uh, we have never been included. We were never even considered. We have to always struggle to come to the forefront. Uh, I don't know if any statistics have ever been kept about the number of women of color who have died as a result of being um, victims of illegal abortions or abortions, I should call it in those days, as well as the failure to provide adequate maternal and GYN care to women. So uh, we know from, or some of us know from even slave narratives and slave history, that uh, African women and slaves were used as experiments for men who wanted to study gynecology and the reproductive system. So this is a very serious and a very involved historically, medically, um, socially, legally issue that has a dire impact on our community. First of all, we don't understand the history and the implications of all of this. And for many people, including it's happened in my own family, and I've kept quiet about it for 53 years, I had a sister who died as a result of of having an abortion that was illegal. They wouldn't, her family, she was married, and uh, they didn't take her to the hospital right away because they were worried about what, you know, the medical field was going to say. And even after she got to the hospital, she still didn't get the proper care. So we have to begin to really look at this hard and fast and truthfully. So many of our younger generation, they don't even understand the history of uh, the issues regarding women's rights, women's movements, you know, liberation, everything. They don't even understand that because they haven't been properly taught. They haven't, no one's explained to them. And so now, you know, everything is modern and you take the pill, the after morning pill or whatever it's called, you get the shot so you don't have to become pregnant. And the only reason why I'm aware of all these things is because I work in family issues. I work with uh, families. I work in child welfare and talking to younger uh, clients of mine. This is how I've learned about these different, uh, you know, preventative Pregnancy measures, but most of the young women, they don't even know the history of this because in our communities, we have kept silent for so long about everything, either through shame, ignorance, trauma, or whatever the reasons are, we have kept silent. And as a result of that, we see the reality of the horror that is biz- being visited upon us. So now, uh, you know, you talk to your, um, I don't want to just go on and on cause you know, my heart is full and I don't want to just run off the mouth, but I do want to say you pointed out, I think it was last week about where is Kamala Harris. They sent Nancy Pelosi over to Europe and the, what is the vice president and the function of the office. But now I see that they brought Kamala Harris out to talk about the, uh, support of the, you know, Roe V way, and the, and the litigation that's pending. But it's, it's much deeper than just Roe v. Wade. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yes. much deeper than that, and we have to dissect all of these issues historically and otherwise. But we also have
0: to build our own, and this is very important because we have ceded the authority that we should have on our own issues. We I have allowed people to come in and just say, okay, we, we head up this organization, we'll speak for you. Yes, you, you're part of it. No, it's not going to be like that anymore. I don't think it ought to be. I think we ought to move in a very uh, methodical way and articulate our own concerns and have our own answers and our own representation. And we ought to get to that quickly.
2: Well, it should have always been that way because we know for a fact that the, um, the, uh, as David says, the ruling class, they have never operated in our interest. So we'd be very foolish. And so many of us are totally asleep on this issue that we want to concede that, Oh, the ruling class is looking out for the greater good the greater good is to sustain their lifestyle and their power. It's never been for us. That's the problem. We don't well, get thank
0: it. You. Thank you, Jackie, for contributing these vital points to us today. And I hope people uh, keep track of them and keep them in mind whenever we talk about these struggles and we look on television, we see who is represented as the leaders of a movement and you were asked, you weren't consulted and you ain't in it. Thank you so much. Marcus from Wisconsin. You're on the air.
3: Thank you very much. You uh, this, uh, this, this topic, uh, from my vantage point as a male is I feel it's basically none of my business. But um, I'm calling today mostly uh, to see if I can get some clarity for, from you uh, because your most interesting discourse yesterday and um, your premise today uh, have left me with, I'm afraid, more questions than insights on what your meaning is. Um, Yesterday, I, I I walked away from the program unable to determine if when you took the floor to denounce whether you were addressing the aides who, uh, uh, of of the at the Supreme Court who probably leaked the information or the journalists who printed it. And the reason I ask that is because um, you know it's. Uh, clearly on the record many times, including during COVID and uh, the present Ukraine conflict, that if the government is telling the New York Times or the Washington Post or the press not to print something, they eagerly do it. So uh, it leads me to believe that if this is leaked and went through all the way to the the proper channels and was leaked by the media, it was probably intended to be leaked. And I'm unclear today, on. and hoping you will clarify for me, uh, are you... Uh, uh, I'm not sure if your point is, are you saying that women of color, this is not an issue for them, or you are objecting mainly to the, uh, white face on the, uh, uh, media manipulation of the movement, which is certainly true. I, you're, you're absolutely accurate about that. I think, but I'm unclear on what your real target is in both these things. Well, believe it or not,
0: I don't have a target as such. Accept the minds of individuals who constitute, in my view, the class that is most directly affected by these individuals and their organizations, in that they represent to the entire country and the entire world that they essentially have positioned themselves as being in charge, they are the leadership of a particular movement, and that movement uh, goes on to uh, include theory, uh, knowledge, particular knowledge uh, that allows them to basically exercise a leadership and influencer uh, role. I, I, I reject that completely. It is typical, and it has been for decades now, perhaps even more than decades, uh, that they will not. The white community takes charge anywhere it can see itself as having literally hegemony over anything. So they know better than black dancers, for example, how to dance. They know they have the expertise on child care, even though they have no, con- no concern and no contact. They have no provable credentials in this area. But they just land on it and own it.
3: And so people c- kind of accede to that. So, am I to understand that the case you're making is that these people posturing as the spokespeople for the quote movement are unqualified to do so because they are so limited in their viewpoint, which I would think is certainly correct. Um, but and and this is the this is the thrust of your argument.
0: Today. Well, it's more than that. It is basically hands off. Leave it to us. Leave something to us to solve for ourselves. You can't possibly own be the you know the owner of my life, knowing every aspect of it. And we become a kind of case study, ongoing case study. And we can't find people of our own to say they know a thing or two. When we had this blow up, this most recent blow up, I didn't see a black face or Latina face anywhere. Discussing this very matter. It appeared to suggest
3: that they're not really affected. They're just, you know, so they're actually marginalizing. Uh, yes, a contingent of the people they would claim to be their allies in a sort of uh, it, it, it's a it's a sort of social sabotage masquerading well, or something else. You're being very nice. you being
0: very nice about it. I say it's yeah. worse than that. They're as racist as the racists that had to be dealt with back in the 1920s Friends, and then during the Civil War era. Yeah. And they, they, they get away by saying that, of course, they represent women but they don't say that mostly they represent white women. Their struggle largely is in, in the service of white women,
3: not women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they can't oh, prove okay. it. I see, I see the locus of your argument there now. Um, and it was unclear to me before where the actual location uh the the heart of the criticism that you were making was aimed. I, I couldn't I couldn't quite tell. Okay. Uh, and I well, would ask it. the same about your discourse yesterday. Is it is it the the, the aides who it all probabl- uh, in all probability leaked the information or the because you made the point that, 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 you know, your sterling history of excellent journalism uh, and that your criticism was coming from there, or were you specifically or more specifically criticizing the release of the information, the propagation of the information through the journalistic sources?
0: No, the journalistic... Community has always had a partnership with government, even when the government was blatantly wrong. But they have had a cozy relationship and served in many ways, quite willingly, to uh, disarm protest, to disarm people from saying, Well, wait a minute, that's not right, that shouldn't. It? Shouldn't have happened, and that was my opinion about whoever leaked it. It's not hard to find that out. <laughs> Acting as if there was some major cloak and dagger operation. No, it's not hard to find this out. But they
3: yeah, will hard, not tell. There it. are a limited number of aides that could have possibly had access to the information, unless you want to think one of the other Supreme Court justices did it.
1: Hello.
0: It is the information is there. Whoever wants to do damage is perfectly able to do it. There's no great secrecy involved that, you know, they, they must type this code and then enter these numbers before they get access, no. But the yeah. fact that they were able to to, and the, the media organizations themselves ought to be ashamed to be part of a process of essentially, they don't even know whether they're telling the truth or not. And they don't seem to care to find out. Just, the the big sure thing is these. they are reporting and breaking news, and that's enough for them.
3: Just as a curiosity, uh, before I finish with you, thanks thanks very much for the clarity. I understand much better now what you were trying to get at. Um, Would you include someone like Julian Assange or Edward Snowden in, in, in a scenario like that? Yes. You see, because they
0: have come to the point of operating as their own authority. They're accountable to no one. And we, the followers, have to accept and, and uh, uh, just live with the idea that we can trust them and their judgment. There's nobody really keeping uh, Assange's feet to the fire. He says, you know, he issues an edict and says X, Y, Z, and it is as good as God's law. That's not good journalism.
3: Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to dispute the point of Julian Assange with you, although I I would say so far, none of the information insofar as I have heard has been proven to be false. And they, it's not very flattering information toward the government, to say the least. Uh, but that's that's a discussion for another time. I, I just wanted to thank you for clearing up the points I asked about. Um, okay. I, I think I understand your position much, much better now. Thanks.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for running in. is the number to call. And we have to start asking these questions. We're entitled since these folks are operating on our collective energy and our collective investment in their credibility. You can't just. Decide that you lead the women's movement. (laughs) I mean, if you do decide that, be prepared. There are other people who are going to come at you and decide that they would need some answers from you. Or they would challenge your positions on things. As it should be. They have not, the the leaders of these movements have not invested in their own credibility with the communities that they allegedly represent. So the community is just giving up It's, its branding to these folks and allowing them to transact business in their name. That's not good journalism. You still have to account for yourself. You still have to explain why all this time, this is 2022, why is it your organization founded supposedly to uh, advocate for women's rights seems not to be advocating for all women's rights but only some women's rights. Why is it your top tier people who are making policy decisions don't look like me? Still in 2022, why are you using my energy, my supposed endorsement of you, my supposed trust in you to transact business in your name and in your interests and you have no interest in mine. Well, we have to, we have to have a come to Jesus meeting. We have to. I'm not settling for that. Okie doke. Oh, leave it to me. We we have a fight and I'm working on this and that and the next thing. Okay, I want to be in the room. I want to be sitting next to you. Even in place of you. As these issues are discussed and presented. I'm sick and tired of people up until this very moment believing that we just can't talk for ourselves. We don't have the, the brain power. We don't have the vision that they do. And so they're helping us out. <laughs> they're helping us out by translating for us what they see as the issues. And they go into these rooms. We're not there. They have their discussions. We're not involved. And they get their pictures taken and they are heralded as leaders. We didn't anoint them. We have to step up because here's a problem that still irritates me. The fuel The fuel that drives much of what they do and the recognition that they get is a community that they ignore the most. They could deny it. I'm telling you what they're showing us. Every story I have seen so far has featured only white women. I have nothing against white women, per se. But the time has come. You're in my way. You're in my way. I either move you or I move me. But that's a decision that has to be made. Move you out of my way or move me out of my own way. And find another way to get to the goal that is important to me. That is a kind of aggressive move that has to be made at this time because they've had the benefit of time. They have had the benefit of doubt. They're not producing, so they gotta go. Thank you all for your questions today. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, and contributing to the program we we'll meet up again tomorrow bye bye